Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What are you waiting for, Democrats? What more evidence do you need that uh, Joe Biden is not the guy to beat Donald Trump this year? And uh, praise to Jordana Green, who yesterday on these very airwaves said that she had changed her mind about it based... And this is before... Uh, maybe I don't know. Did you get an advanced copy of Robert no. Hur's report <laughs> that declined to file criminal charges in the case of Biden's uh, uh, documents that he was keeping at his home? But in that report yesterday, not. happened uh, after we were off the air. What seemed like good news for President Biden is that no, he was not being criminally charged for keeping those documents, and he shouldn't be. It's a very different situation than the other guy in the race, Donald Trump. So let's. Uh, stop the screaming right away. Oh, this is not fair justice. Um, But that report revealed that Joe Biden has serious, serious concerns about his memory, about his cognitive ability. And if this isn't it for Democrats to say, it's time to change course here. uh, I don't want to be the, uh, there's going to be a lot of people saying, we told you so come November this year. But credit to you, because I believe it was a year ago you said the first party to change its nominee, to change its leader, will be the winner. Yeah. And a great foresight. I stand by that. I I think it was last summer sometime. Mm -hmm. That might have been me. Sorry. Uh, I think it was last summer. And I said it was uh, Mm -hmm. maybe it was a wing in it Wednesday. But my take was the first party, Republicans or Democrats, to change the top of their ticket will be the ones to win. And I say that today. Unless they both change, then actually we'll have a good race that we can look forward to. That will be a race race. Exactly. But, and I say that about Nikki Haley. I think if Nikki Haley were ahead of mm-hmm. uh, instead of Donald Trump, I think her numbers would be far ahead of Joe Biden. Um, and if it's somebody else other than now, you could argue who, who that person is. But if it's somebody else than Joe Biden, I think there's a lot of independents and even Republicans who are holding their nose at Donald Trump and saying, I'm not I can't vote for Biden, that they would uh, think about it differently. But uh, let's and this is not I'm not crit- I'm not saying Joe Biden wasn't the right guy for 2020 in that election, and I'm not saying that he's been a complete failure. Anybody who says, you know, he's a complete failure, America's far worse off, eh, slow your roll on that. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's Yeah, policy-wise, it hasn't been... I mean, look, he's not perfect, but policy-wise, it has not been awful for Americans. Things, if you look at your pocketbook or if you look at your gas prices, the things that you always say, oh, thanks, Biden, about... They're not so bad right now. But... The fact of the matter is that he is an 81-year-old man, and he was diagnosed yesterday with a poor memory. Mm-hmm. That's what I wouldn't say diagnosed. I mean, that's, that makes oh, okay, it sound like sorry. a... Well, that that's makes what, it sound fine. like a... Uh, the, the just, a doctor said it, right. Mm-hmm. It was the special counsel, Robert mm-hmm. Herr, yep. that said it. 
that said he would present, excuse me, as just an elderly man with a poor memory. Then, of course, the president rejected that. He said that's an inappropriate thing to say. He defended himself uh, that he has not made incorrect statements, that those were incorrect statements about his memory lapses. But then just a few minutes after defending his cognitive skills – Okay, so Abdel Fattah al-Sisi is not the president of Mexico. He is the president of Egypt. So he was talking about the Hamas terrorist acts and, and, you know, getting getting aid in. And he was saying how Egypt did not want to open its border to Gaza. And he confused the president of Mexico with the president of Egypt. So uh, you can say all you want that maybe you don't have a poor memory, but you do. And we played a few cuts yesterday, you know, with exactly the same thing where he confused a couple of things. And you you're you're the president of the freaking United States. You you can't do that. That's it. One flub. okay. no. I mean, look, we all make mistakes. But, dude, come on. That's it. And I don't that's it. And I I, I don't want to be accused of being ages because we all have older people in our lives. And sometimes those older people's their memories slip. And, you know, you have grandma or grandpa or a wife or a husband. Oh, you know, they're just not as sharp as they used to be, which is fine. They still live great lives. You still have fun with them. You still enjoy their company. They still You still keep up an active lifestyle. But those mm-hmm. people aren't president of the United States. Right. Those people do not have to have their perfect cognitive ability to do the job. And I say that, too, with serious questions about the other guy. And I'm not by any means saying, boy, you know, I can't vote for Biden, so I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. I would never in a million years vote for Donald Trump, okay? There's 91 indictments against him. Don't give me this, oh, it's just politicized Department of Justice coming after him. If you know anything about Donald Trump and his history, suddenly... Uh, you know, uh, who's such a clean person to begin with. How can they do this? Give me a break. So, again, I'll say it. Just because we're criticizing uh, Joe Biden because of his cognitive ability, uh, and we're supposed to just jump on board and follow, and if we're doing that, we're somehow we're favoring Republicans. If it doesn't change, Donald Trump's going to win again. So if you really don't want Donald Trump to be president, you better start, open your eyes and say this is a problem and we need to act on it now. And someone said this has been happening for years. Why the light bulb now? Well, because the election is coming up and we want to have a president who not only has all their faculties, but is at the top of their game. Friends, I wouldn't run for president. I forget too many things. I, you know, after lots of rounds of chemo and yeah, all this. I I don't know that. I And maybe other cancer patients What I'm not saying that's for all cancer patients. But after the things that I've been through and I'm 51, this man's 81. OK, and everyone's being mad at me from diagnosed. OK, it wasn't a cognitive test. Sorry, I misspoke again because I sometimes make mistakes, but I don't have the nuclear codes and nobody should give them to me. It's okay that I make mistakes. I'm a silly talk show host that makes mistakes. So he wasn't diagnosed. He was evaluated by the special counsel. And he feels that he would present as an elderly man with memory problems. But friends, it's not that just the special counsel thinks this. We've seen this. And Trump is no better. He's probably worse. We can't tell if he's just making stuff up or he's really forgetting things and saying the wrong thing on purpose. So we don't know if it's lies or dementia. So no. But the point is, both 
parties need new candidates to run for president in the next six months, one month. It needs to happen before November. And there is no shame in saying, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pass the baton. And this is who I'm going to support. See, this is about ego. This is no longer about policy or what's best for the American people. If you can't beat the other guy, you need to say, I'm not the best person for the job. And I'm passing the baton because this person is better. What's wrong with that? That's what I don't understand either. And that's because, Joe, you know, obviously he's wanted to be president. He first ran for president in 1980 when I was five years old. Uh, So he's wanted the job for a long, long time. He got the job. He was the right man for the right moment. And there's no I don't get that either. There's no shame in saying, you know what, I was president for four what? years, and I'm not going to run again. I, I, I would appreciate that. Thank saying, you. Saying, you know what, that's, that's a guy who is a statesman and saying, you know what, and I've got a great life. I'll be uh, president emeritus. I can, be, I can go on the speaking tour if I wish. I can, be a, I can uh, advise people if, if I wish. I can spend out my days with Jill, open the Biden library, and be a statesman. Right. There's nothing Thank wrong you. with that. But it must be I, I, short of just... Uh, this belief that he's the only guy who can beat Donald Trump, the evidence is overwhelming now that that probably isn't going to happen. So who are the people around him? Is this just Joe Biden saying, nope, I'm fine, and nobody can yes, do anything about it? Question. But who are the people mm-hmm. there? Because if we had Tim Walls on, if we had Amy Klobuchar on today, mm-hmm. if we had Tina Smith on today, they would say the same thing. Oh, he's okay. He's fine. This is just a hit job by a, 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 a Trump-appointed uh, attorney, Who's just threw in a couple jabs to to weaken to weaken what we feel about Joe Biden? Give me a break. The evidence is overwhelming, and it's not to criticize Joe Biden as a person. It's just this is not for him anymore. And it's not, and if the Democrats really want to beat Donald Trump, they must do something now. Six five one four six one. 9226. Tons of text coming in. Lots of people vehemently disagreeing with us. And I get it. So give us a call. Tell us why we're wrong. Somebody even texting us, done listening to us, Jordana, because of all of our Biden, because of our Biden bashing. I know. <laughs> call I'm in. Tell us why you. we're wrong. Then 651 461 9226. Your calls and texts next. <laughs> She's right about that, Adam. We're not really doing anything to improve our country. <laughs> Bringing we're, it down. We're telling our truth. Nine we're to telling noon. our truth. Can't have an opinion on that, God forbid, you know? <clears throat> no, we're, we're sharing. Like, we're constituents like you. And friends, I was all in voting for Joe Biden until more recently. And, and somebody said, we're getting a lot of texts, by the way, and we're talking about whether or not both parties should have new candidates. And I said, for show, they definitely should. Mm-hmm. Um, this texter says this. The Biden administration has accomplished more than any president since LBJ. That matters. The presidency yeah. is not a one-man show. The president and True. his party set the agenda. Not enough people are focused on that. Well, that so, – so, okay. I don't know about the LBJ thing. But I do believe the presidency is not a one-man show. That's True. why we always say the advisors have to be the really skilled ones because that's who sets policy and advises the president. We know the president is sort of a figurehead. Yet, 
they are in conversation with other world leaders. They do represent us. We have to know that they have all the mental faculties that they need to do this job. So if the presidency is not a one-man show, appoint a different person. Pick a different man, woman to do the show. And I'm okay with many of the Biden policies. I am, not all, but many. I do think the the this administration has done a pretty good job avoiding um, a, a recession. See, look at me. It's Friday. I'm stumbling with my words, too. But I'm not running for president. But I think it's time now for Joe to say, I'm going to go chill. And I support this person to carry on my policies. And if it's truly about the policies, then it won't matter. <laughs> and this somehow and, and uh, the whataboutism, too, it's no place. Yeah, I know. I mean, people I know. like, you know, what Trump, he's been a disaster. And, you know, okay. the, yes. to your point. This is why everybody, he sucks too. Yes. everybody well everybody gives so much credit. You know, things were so much better with Donald Trump and his uh, No they weren't. And no they weren't and his his achievements, which were overflated by the way, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that any other Republican president with a Republican uh, House and Senate, which Trump mm-hmm. had in his first two years, couldn't have accomplished the same or more. Okay? And don't give me this, well, no wars were happening with Trump. Like, he, oh, it's like right. somehow he was the mystical figure. You know what? While I'm on the air for five minutes, no planes crash. Therefore, me being on the air means no planes, uh, mm-hmm. no planes crash. That's the same kind of logic. So don't give me and that. And why is immigration not fixed? Why is the wall not built? Why, you know, that we could, we could do this whole thing. We're, we're saying that both of these guys... And I also, are yeah in cognitive decline, and I also and they both need to pick new people. And Sorry, I also I no, that's all right. And I also say that if the pandemic doesn't happen, Donald Trump more than likely gets elected to another term as president. But he handled it so poorly that uh, that voters turned against him. So, and you know, everybody so ah, you're just uh, the mean tweets are too. It's not mean tweets. Stop it. No, it's not that. No. Yeah, it's called. It's a character. Character mm-hmm. matters mm-hmm. for president of the United States. I'm so sick of people saying, well, I don't really like him as a person, but boy, his policies are good. The, like he's the only person really in the United States of America no, that not. has this ability to to pass these uh, bills and to have this mm-hmm. policy. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Don't tell me that he's just some great leader, an authoritarian figure that well people are afraid of. And just to, nope. give me a break. Nope. Nope. Just look Other at the man's history, job. right? Which mm-hmm. again, which is why seventy percent of the people in this country, if you believe those polls, are like you and I, saying, "I don't want either guy." Give me a choice between two people I actually can look at and say, "Boy, you know, I'm I'm having really difficulty deciding who to choose mm-hmm. here," and based on what my policies are. And it's, I, I don't understand why the rest of why our voices and the voices of people who think like us get drowned out in that. And just, yes, who are I these know. people that just say that this is our person, this is our guy, and we can't change course on this. And we complain about the two party system. We complain about lack of choice, but we're saying right now that we, we need to trust the system that if he passed the baton, if either of them passed the baton, the voters would understand, okay, no problem. We're still voting for policies. We're voting for agendas. We're, we're voting for, you know, platforms. 
And it's not just one person that carries that all out. I think we're not giving each other enough credit. And I think the pundits True. and those who say it has to be Biden, oh, we, will, we don't want to give up the incumbency. Well, who cares about the incumbency? Appoint, knight somebody else and give, and give that a shot. Uh, Casson, I'll be down in Casson this weekend. But uh, Janice has oh. called in on the WCCO uh, talk line from Casson, Minnesota. Janice, go hey, ahead. Janice? I guess I am disappointed that the Democrats don't have uh, anybody that is allowed, basically, it seems to be, to run against Biden in our in that party. And I believe that if there was some debate and Joe should have a lot more experience, a lot more behind him to debate somebody on stage and i know that we have a possible candidate from minnesota mm-hmm. that this would show to the general population hey i am sharp hey i can answer those mm-hmm. questions yeah. mm-hmm. janice thank you so much oh, she's 100 percent right there no she's 100 i totally right, agree though. janice and yes. i put and i again totally. I've, I've kind of railed against debates and how much they actually matter but there's a reason why leading candidates don't do them anymore. and mm-hmm. But there's more reason, I think, for Joe Biden. And it, there's also a reason why he's just not as exposed as other presidents right now. There, there's a reason mm-hmm. that he's not. You know, presidents usually do that, you know, Super Bowl interview. He's not doing that on CBS. The network's, it's on CBS. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's clear that his people don't want him to stumble publicly because it gives yes. more ammunition for the other side and yes. and praise to dean phillips and i've gone back and forth on well what are dean's mm-hmm. motivations behind this i honestly truly believe that dean phillips did this because he said i can't live with myself if i don't raise a challenge to him and look he's been ostracized because of it i mean that's democ this is democracy we're supposed to be mm-hmm. able supposed to be. even people in our own mm-hmm. party saying you know what i disagree with you i'm going to challenge you mm-hmm. and i'm going to run against mm-hmm. you and we're going to go to head to head on policy not because i don't mm-hmm. like you but i think we have different policy issues and he can do that he should be able to do that but our system and the machine of, of these two parties does not allow it to happen which mm-hmm. is why at this point, so, if it's Joe Biden and Donald Trump, one of the other third party candidates is going to get my vote. So what if I mean, and this is just a what if, Adam, what if Joe Biden said to the American people, I'm running because I feel the political system works this way and I'm the incumbent and I can get the most votes. But if I win, I will cede power to X person, you know, or, or oh, pick a, a vice disaster. president. Yeah. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah. Pick a vice president and really, okay, so that wouldn't fly. I guess you just should, you should, I'm just thinking out loud. Oh, yeah, no, I, I totally get it. You know, right, there's I'm no... just trying to think of a way to appease everybody and not have somebody who is who is not really fully mentally fit. And of course, I mean Trump by this also, he would be a disaster as president. I'm, please do not mistake my criticism of, of President Biden's mental fitness as an endorsement of Trump. It is not in any way. I think our country would be in very big danger if President Trump got elected again. But that's why I'm saying they both need to have different heads running. We need different candidates. But I mean, I guess that's not really how the system works. So, all right, I'll go back and say President Trump or President Biden, excuse me, needs to say needs to cede power before the election. So who like 
in this right now, like if you look at other Democrats, I guess who would who who would you? Because you said you've said that you like Nikki Haley on the Republican side. That you actually yeah, would yeah. Well, Gavin Newsom, for her. Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would have to go back and look. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I mean, I like Nikki. Um, I mean, obviously Kamala's the obviously the obvious candidate, but I don't see her ever. I don't know her. I, I don't know anything about her. her. Yeah. I don't know if there's problems because I don't see her. Like people will say, oh, she's terrible. Right. I don't know what she's done or hasn't done that's been terrible or not terrible. And that's I, what I mean. I that's that's make... the problem. I mean, that, I, I think mm. that she's kind of that mm-hmm. we just don't know enough about her. And I mean, yeah. I, she's certainly qualified for the job she has, um, but I just don't know that she's done enough in that role. And I think she's also, I think she's a liability yeah, too. Dean, Dean yeah, maybe Phillips, Dean. right. Problem sure. is not, not enough people know Dean Phillips. So I think yeah, it has to be a Yeah, I mean, he's inexperienced, name. but if we're counting on the cabinet and the people around him, that would prove our point. And, and he seems to be of good character and truly want what's best for the country. And I think President Biden wants what's best yeah. for the country too. I, again, I just, I, I worry about him. I know we're late. We're yeah, late that's all right. Uh, do you, does your boss, should your company be punished if they try to get a hold of you after hours, you've uh, you brought this article up. Australia is uh, punishing companies <laughs> if they uh, reach out to uh, employees on a regular basis mm-hmm. after hours. How available should you be as an employee after you punch the clock? We'll get into that next on WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I'm okay if you send me a text or an email at night for work, but I don't want to have to respond right away. Like, for example, sometimes I'm working at night, and I'm fine with that. That's my choice. You know, I'm reading news, I'm watching news, or I come across something in my feed where I think, oh, this would make a great segment for the show. And I will text it to David or email it to Adam and David and said, you know, something to think about for tomorrow. I never expect at nine o'clock at night, them to be like, or David to be like, okay, Jor, I'm on it. Or yes, great idea. I I don't expect them. I want 24 hours. If I call David, I wake up in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning and I come up with a great (laughs) idea. I'm calling Dave and he better answer in the first five rings. I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet, but once it does, by God, David, you better answer that. Well, okay. I think that's actually a good point that we all have a pretty good like work relationship where we're not bothering yeah. each other all the time. Yeah. If there was a story big enough or a guest big enough that we needed to get mm-hmm. on it and it was going to make or break our show and you called me at midnight, I, I would go, oh, Adam's never called me at midnight right. before. I mm. bet this is big right. and I might answer the phone. And it'd be like, I got an idea for a bit I want to do. Yeah, then I'd hang up on yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is we, the three of us are okay. We kind of have it down. Our boss, Brad, is very respectful of our time. You know, even if he does send us a text, it's, it's certainly nothing urgent, but might be something on his mind. And we also work in a kind of a 24-7 business. So we signed up for that. So yep. we get it. But in Australia, Australia has a Senate, by the way, on Thursday, they passed a bill that would give workers the right to ignore calls and messages outside working hours without fear of repercussions. It goes back to the House for final approval. They have a House and Senate. Um, and this they're not the first. In Portugal, they do this. In Kenya, uh, they do this, where the, you are not allowed to penalize workers for not working after hours. And this gets, of course, into, well, how do they penalize them? How do you prove it? We understand. We don't know all the answers to that, and I have no idea how they're going to enforce it. But the fact is, Australia's um, government, see, it's Friday, I'm having a hard time with my mental fitness today. Australia's government is saying, you don't have to work 24-7. You shouldn't have to work all the time to get ahead. And the government supports you and there will be repercussions. I think this is more of a deterrent. Telling businesses, don't harass your employees, not harass, but you know, don't ask them to work after hours. And I think that this is a great idea. I think I would. I mean, like my gut says, of course, yeah. Like I'm, you know, I'm if I work for a company, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think if you if it's abused one hundred percent, I mean, if you get a job and they say, oh yeah, you know, your time off is your time off, and suddenly you realize, mm-hmm. uh, no, it's not, then mm-hmm. yes. But if I get a job and saying, hey, you know what, it, it's all about what the expectations are in the office, and like. I mean, if I get a job where it's, you know, you work these hours, you might work different hours, but look, uh, there's, we, we got a lot of stuff happening after hours and I need you to be available when possible. Um, then I think there's wiggle room for that. I just don't, I think it's very tough to put a, like a law on this saying what this, this is absolutely in violation. I think it's very difficult to do. I think that's up to, I think we as workers and employers, can have that conversation where we wouldn't need to get, you know, legislation involved. And especially right now where it's like, okay, if I've signed up for this job and suddenly my boss is calling me at all times of the night and on weekends, I can Mm -hmm. say, you know what, I didn't sign up for this and I'm going to go get a new job. Mm. And maybe they'll Mm -hmm. say, okay, well, let's work. Let's work on that. Maybe uh, you're right. But at the same point too, you know, some people, they might not like it, but it's like, I want to be the best employee I can. I want to advance in this company. So I'm going to answer those calls and I'm going to do what the boss says even after hours. Australia, I think, ranks fourth in the world for work-life balance behind New Zealand, Spain, and France. Because, yes, France passed this also last year. And I get that. And I think it it 100% depends on the nature of the work. But if, if you are, let's say, a millennial that wants to have more work-life balance or maybe wants to work remotely or wants you know to work remotely full-time, then if you're not always at your desk from like a nine to five, which is a traditional time, let's say, because you want to work remotely, you schedule a doctor's appointment in the middle of the day or have to go pick up your kid, then maybe you would be expected to pick up a phone call or do a little work later at night. Like, that's what I do for us. I don't work eight hours straight because I can't. 
mm-hmm. you know, after the five or six hours that we work, I definitely take a break or try to exercise or, you know, and, and that's sometimes why I revisit it at night. But I think that for me, it's not, you know, working at night. It's a better work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, people have to determine that for themselves. But clearly there was a need for this in Australia. And, and, and maybe because we're Americans, we think work should, it, that's our social norm. Mm-hmm. Work takes precedence over so many things. We know so many people don't take their vacation days. That might be changing generationally, but um, so I you, think you're saying you're saying workers I are think a good thing. You're saying Australians are lazy by and large, and that's okay. I'm not saying they're lazy, okay. but I'm saying that maybe they don't prioritize getting ahead or working all the time or being, you know, the boss's pet the way Americans do. And it's the right to disconnect law. In Australia, and I kind of love it. I think a better way, because I think you said it, Adam, that it's a really hard thing to legislate and yeah. to make a rule around, mm, right? True. I think maybe uh, perhaps a better policy would be that in a person's job description, it needs to say what the requirements are. Like if I'm going to work at a job that m- – my boss is going to try to reach out to me and expect a response after hours, then like that should be clearly in my job description. And then I can know that and evaluate that against the compensation I'm going to receive and the other benefits I'm I'm, I'm given. And if I don't want to do that, I can say no. But if I go, no, this is actually the job I want. And I sign up knowing it's going to be this many hours at my desk or in my office, plus Mm -hmm. this type of availability for these hours afterwards, then I can say yes or no to that. The problem is when there's a bait and switch where it's it's advertised as this job, and then, oh, actually, it's a lot more. My boss is calling me every night. Why don't we do this? Let's take a break, and we'll take some Mm. calls. We're getting some texts on it, but what do you think? I mean, should you be available to your boss after hours? And what's the line there? 651-461-9226 in Australia, right? Put it in law. Make it a law. 651-461-9226. Linda's Construction Time Check 952. Time to invest in LeafGuard clog-free gutters. Uh, I, don't want the, I, I don't want my boss calling me every night at 9 o'clock saying, Adam, you did this segment good. You did this segment good. <laughs> right. I, 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 I wouldn't want that. And my problem is I've always been a yes man. And yes, men get taken advantage of, right? Mm-hmm. That's part mm-hmm. of the problem, too. You have to be able to stand up for yourself and say, hey, enough. And part of the problem with doing that is like, oh, will they, feel, will they view me differently? Will, uh, will I not get a promotion? Will I be fired? And that's a very real problem, and you should have mm-hmm. recourse if that, if that happens. So maybe that law is a good thing. But I feel like it's just so broad that it's tough to really enforce and what, what constitutes... I mean, if it clearly violates your contract over and over again, I think, yes, you have legal, legal grounds in that position. But other than that, I think it's tough to, tough to pinpoint. I think these are also conversations that you have. And I think we've lost a little bit of that civility. I don't know what's happening in Australia, but clearly they needed to pass a law for this. I yep. mean, are we not having conversations with our boss saying like, hey, you know what? That's my family time. Yeah. Or it would be great if we could have this phone call. Uh, six o'clock or, you know, I'm, I, I put away my electronics, you know, and please respect that. Yep. I think it's, I think it's also better to have civil conversations with the people you work with, you work for, right. but clear, there might be a need for a law. Maybe there are organizations that are expecting people to work long hours and then retaliating against them if they don't. And if there is a need for that, 
then there needs to be a law. Workers' rights need to be protected. But I also think we could just be human beings about it. Yes. And most of us are. I agree. I think, you know, and, and like I said, in this day and age, it's probably easier right now than it has been in the past to say. If it is a problem, mm-hmm. that's like, you know what? Adios. And, yeah. and also, because of that, employers, because it's so difficult to find people and keep people, they'll be like, okay, yeah, let's adjust this so I stop this so I can keep you. Mm-hmm. Your texts are coming in fast and furious. I got out of the salary job two years ago. Now I work hourly. Yes, making a little less money with my day ending at 5 p.m. That's it. No 11 p.m. phone calls about employees. No 5 a.m. phone calls from grumpy customers. I'm left alone. All right, Gary, I get it. Yeah, and that's, again, if you work like a a job that is hourly, you know, you're a machinist or or what have you, you go in, you clock out, and you're done. It's likely that you're not getting calls. I mean, maybe for expertise or something Mm -hmm. like that, but it would be rare that you'd be getting a call late at night, and I totally get that. And there's certain expectations, even like even if you are in that kind of job where you really have no contact after you walk out the door, you know, if it's an emergency and suddenly it's all hands on deck, I mean, that's a position, too, where if it's I'm like, well, I'm not helping, you know, I'm done. I mean, that that reflects on how you feel about your workplace and whether or Mm -hmm. not you're a quote unquote, for lack of a better term, team player. Team player. That's right. Quick text and then we'll uh, hit hit quick takes. I've been working for the same company for 40 years, this texter writes. I've moved up throughout the years and the reason I've moved up is because I've always put in extra hours needed. That made me stand out over over other people that refused to. That's reality. Mm -hmm. I will say I had a job interview for another role and the interview said, even if I'm on vacation on a beach somewhere warm, that does not exclude me from taking a call or participating in a conference call and said the interview will not go on if I don't agree to that. I told the interviewer, I, I went on with the interview and did not get the job, and I was okay with that. Yeah, I mean, well, at least they were honest. I was going to say, at least they put it in, mm-hmm. the, in, in writing there, and like, if that's to each his own. And same with the person who says, you know, I volunteer, and I, or I, you know, I volunteer extra work. That's great for you, but people who don't do that shouldn't be shunned either. It's like, okay, I, you know, my career is not my number one priority, and I mm-hmm. work here, I do what I'm told, I, I complete my work on time. And mm-hmm. I'm fine with that too. And if I don't get, uh, if I don't advance, that's on me, and I'm cool with that too. Mm-hmm. All right, we got quick takes coming up after the news, and uh, DJ, any sampling of uh, what we can expect? Yeah, Vladimir Putin sat down with Tucker Carlson. We'll talk yes, about that. Also, um, I don't know, a bunch of more. Oh, Super Bowl. We're gonna talk Super Bowl snacks too. Coming up. Did you watch the interview? <laughs> Did you watch the Putin that interview? Too. I watched some. Yeah. Did you? Yep. We'll get into it. <laughs> Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 